Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? Going well. You were on a perpetual vacation, it seems. Um, well, we we had our vacation after, the, um, our family vacation after the SBC. Yeah. And then we were back in Wake Forest and we were back at, at the office and then we've got some extended family um that is uh we're we're getting together and so they got together early in the week but we've joined them so we've been working some but uh have have been uh have been with them uh here so it's it's been a nice little change of scenery but i'm kind of ready to get home in the routine yeah you've gotten the mountains last week and the beach this week i mean you're you're set you've gotten you covered everything right right so Yes. Yeah, and uh, we're on phone again this week because of uh, the, the the distance and the the remoteness of your beach vacation. So um, yes, next week we'll be back to normal with the audio, and it's still not bad. I mean, this is the amazing thing about podcasting that uh, you know, last week you're live from the Grand Canyon, this week you're live from Emerald Isle, and and you really can't tell that much of a difference. Next week I'll be live from Raleigh. Yes, so, or Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. So as normal. Yes. All right. Well, cool. All right. Well, before we jump into this week's news, uh, which is uh, kind of a light one, but I'm I'm gonna there's a theme to it. We'll we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, We do want to thank our sponsor, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Boys College. Uh, As you may have heard, if you were in Phoenix for the SBC annual meeting, you've all been invited to go to equip.sbts.edu to download a free copy of Essential Reading on Preaching from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary's new resource. Southern Equip. You can get your book now at equip.sbts.edu. That's over at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary's website, their website called Equip. Uh, All the practical tools and articles for you as a pastor or church leader. All right. Now, Amy, I mentioned there's a theme this week. I'm going to call this the Religious Liberty Week in the SBC. Is that fair? That's fair. And not honestly, not just in the SBC, but in all of... Yes. Um you know, re- religion, it's something we're really thinking about, but a lot of religious groups are thinking as well, because there have been quite a few uh, court decisions uh, to to come down this week, and uh, it's, it's affected many. Certainly is something that matters to us because we are affected and because religious liberty is something that Baptists care great, a great deal about. All right, so we're going to start at the Supreme Court of the United States and Trinity Lutheran winning a ruling, a 7-2 to margin, went in their favor uh, as uh, they decided right. that Missouri had violated a church's right to exercise its faith by barring them from participating in a government-run playground resurfacing program. Right. So this was a, a preschool that was operated out of a church um, that they wanted to resurface their playground and the the because it had like the little gravel on it that, yeah. you know, could it, with the, the children and stuff, it's not, not always as easy. Um, and I guess they had a, st- uh, a, a state government program that would take tires and, and uh, make playground surfaces out of them. And it was a grant that you could get to do this. And um, so the school applied for it and qualified, except for the fact that they were, um, were, were sponsored by a church. Yeah, so now, they were denied the, the, solely because right. they were sponsored by a church. Based on that, because the and it was really said to them, this is sep- you know separation of church and state. Now the school did not uh, discriminate on the basis of religion. There were families that were not um, 
that were that was open to families of of uh, a number of faiths. Yeah, like and, any uh, church-run right. preschool is typically that way. Right. So is anyone in the community? But because of um, it was just they were completely uh, knocked out, even though they qualified, um, and so they sued, and it made it all the way up. And the decision came down this this week, and it it was it is this was a very important um, decision. And what I actually found um, very interesting in this was that it was not a lot of times we'll see in some of these high profile cases a five four uh, decision, and it was not. It was a seven two decision. Yeah, a clear cut um, victory. Right, and I, I think that's that is a huge encouragement uh, to us just in how the court saw this, dismissing the church in that way that that's not the government being neutral and it can't operate that way. So, but I think it's really good. And I know there are a lot of discussion because this was maybe the first religious liberty decision that's come since uh, Justice Gorsuch is on the bench. Um, a lot of folks were very encouraged, uh, but I was actually very encouraged to see that Elena Kagan voted in favor of this, that Stephen Breyer voted in favor of this. I, I saw that as uh, as something to say, okay, I'm, I'm grateful for how the court, uh, even the ones we might not have expected, how the court responded to this, and that gives real encouragement for the future. Yep, it does. And also uh, the Supreme Court noted that they will hear uh, another same-sex wedding dispute uh, case uh, with a Colorado baker that'll be coming down the road from the Supreme Court. So uh, will be more a lot more of that to come. Uh, also, the federal court in North Carolina upheld a religious liberty law uh, in your home state, Amy. That's correct. This was one that was about um, county magistrates that they can recuse themselves from performing marriage ceremonies or issuing marriage licenses, marriage licenses to same sex couples. Um, that under this law, if they file recusal, they have to make other officials available to perform their duties. And so uh, this was a lawsuit saying because taxpayers have to cover those travel expenses that it was a penalty. Um, but they did uphold uh, that religious liberty law. So we'll just see the, those, uh, the, the result of this. They can ask for a full review. So uh so these are like, this is a three-judge panel of the circuit court. They can ask for the entire circuit to review it, or they can appeal straight to the Supreme Court. We don't know what they will do at this point. I'm sure they will do something. Um, my guess is this isn't the last we've heard of this case. Um, so I think we all should be watching this, but certainly those of us in North Carolina will have our eyes on it. Can we call this the Kim Davis Law? Um, no. I, well, I don't, you know, she's in Kentucky, so I, I don't, I'm not gonna, no. Yeah, but a very similar type of. It's a, it's a very situation. similar, yeah. And she's just not a magistrate, I guess, no. but, but similar. That would be a familiar kind of connection yeah. for people. All right. Well, moving down to Mississippi, and we've got another religious liberty law that was upheld on appeal down in Mississippi, and this is another freedom of conscience uh, act uh, that was um, passed in Mississippi. Uh, very similar to what we saw kind of in North Carolina uh, with House Bill 2. This was House Bill 50, 1523 down in Mississippi, the Protecting Freedom of Conscience from Government Discrimination Act, uh, which allows citizens to stand on religious beliefs in refusing to perform business transactions related to such issues as gay marriage and transgenderism, 
which I, I guess right. kind of goes back to the other one we talked about in Colorado with the Baker going to the Supreme Court. So similar type things again. Right. A lot of this is about, you know, maybe wedding photography, floor, you know, florists, wedding services, um, anyone who establishes on religious grounds um, sex specific standards or policies concerning access to restroom or locker rooms that the, the state can't discriminate against them, things like that. So um, it's it's some similar things that we've seen in several other states. Uh, it was scheduled to take effect July 1st, but of course it kind of got tied up in um, in court as many of these do. There had been an injunction, um, but the, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals said there was no legal standing to oppose the measure. So um, at this uh, at this state, they um, it has been it has been allowed to take effect. So this was an, this was about an injunction. Um, but it, the court didn't address the constitutionality. So I think this is something it's not that it's not the last we've heard about this. This means the, the law has been allowed to take effect uh, as this question continues to be discussed in uh, in that area of the country. Yep. And the ACLU said that they will be taking up other cases. Uh, on yes. the other side of that, though, the um, Alliance Defending Freedom, the ADF, uh, who we've come to know, and uh, Keith, your husband, and I yes. went to a, a dinner with the ADF at the SBC annual meeting this past uh, June. And uh, we've gotten to know the guys over at ADF pretty well over the last few years and their work in the SBC with the URLC and others and churches. Uh, but they had a heck of a week. I mean, they, they won a few cases this week. Yeah, it's it's been a big one. And I think their work is just going to continue. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, their docket's just really full right now. Yep. Up in Arkansas, a little, little bit of a... It's kind of sideshow news, Amy. Uh, they had a, yes. a six-foot-tall stone monument with the Ten Commandments on it installed on Tuesday. And on Wednesday morning, Michael Tate Reed drove his car through it while streaming it on Facebook Live uh, and right. toppled it and got arrested and fined 2500 right. and possible jail time for first-degree criminal mischief, criminal trespass, and defacing objects of public interest. Yes. Yeah. and Not smart. He... Right, but he does not seem to have a lot of regret about it. Nope, not a bit. Um, not one shred of regret. Now, here's interesting. He, he, now, here's what's interesting is that he I, he described that he believes uh, that he believes in both Jesus and the separation of church and state. So this is not someone that was um, maybe speaking out against Christianity, but he was. Uh, just didn't didn't think that this was or he just didn't agree with this expression of it. Um, but what an odd way uh, to to handle that. Just very, very interesting story. Um, but wait, Amy, there's more. In 2014, yes. Reed was accused of ramming his truck into a Ten Commandments statue of a similar design at the Oklahoma State yes. Capitol in Oklahoma City. So he is a equal opportunity Ten Commandment runner over her. Right. And he also uh, will will have the Baptist press story on. Uh, in the show notes, but it it does mention he's got a history, he's done several other things, um, and so I think maybe there are some issues here. Uh, but what yeah. a surprising story! Yes, yes, um, it was it was weird because I saw people tweeting about the Ten Commandments on Tuesday, and then I saw them tweeting again about him being knocked over on Wednesday, and that was just kind of kind of quick. I mean, he yes. wasted no time. All right, uh, moving up to Oklahoma, Amy. Oklahoma Baptists claimed their second walk-off World Series baseball championship 
in consecutive seasons as they are now the National Christian Collegiate Athletic Association back-to-back champions with a 7-6 victory over Campbellsville University and a game played in Mason, Ohio. Yeah, that was uh, that's really exciting for OBU. Um, big victory, second one. Um, and they also received uh, the All Sports Presidential Award. Yeah, they win stuff uh, every year. We've talked about this before yeah. on the podcast. There's some, yeah, some uh, really really good athletes up there at Oklahoma Baptist University. Right. Great, great stuff happening. So. Um, really, really excited. Congratulations to them. All right. Sting in Oklahoma. Want to uh, let everybody know this is the 100th summer at Falls Creek, the big uh, Baptist encampment and conference center up there in Oklahoma. Just a fantastic facility. Uh, neither one of us have been there, but I've seen pictures. I have a book in my office even of the 100 yes. years of Falls Creek. And it's just a phenomenal facility there. Uh, we've talked about it on the podcast before. It's made some news with a few things going on. Whenever they paid it off a couple of years ago, uh, but just this is their 100th year, and uh, congratulations goes out to Anthony Jordan and all the good people up in Oklahoma. That's great. One of these years, I'm going to have to get there because I hear later. such good things about that facility. Sooner or later, we're bound to go to something up there. Uh, Dr. Rainer's yes. bound to speak at something at Oklahoma in the next yes. few years. So, uh, and then uh, finally, some sad news: Charlie Draper, the uh, brother of former Lifeway president Jimmy Draper, and also uh, Dr. Draper was a uh, professor at Boyce College, uh, passed away this past week. He was 70 years old, died of a heart attack last Sunday morning. Yeah, so this is really sad. Um, I actually I heard this news from you last week, and I don't think you even realized when you uh, sent this to me that I knew him. Yeah, and I, so, I didn't realize um, the Boyce and uh, Southern connection at the time. Right, right. So then I, you know, interacted with some friends throughout the day about this. Uh, so Dr. Draper was, he's, he was one of the founding, you know, members of the Boyce College faculty. So when, when Boyce College started in 1998 as a fully accredited um, school, at that point it was James P. Boyce College of the Bible. Um, it had been Boyce Bible School for a long time. So at that point when it kind of launches as a, a college, he was uh, one of the original faculty members, and um, and so I worked with him for uh, several years, and uh, with his wife Retta, and they were just wonderful, wonderful people. Um, and I was really sad to hear sad to hear this news, and I know that all of uh, Southern Seminary and Boys College um, that that they've really had a week. So yep. definitely our hearts uh, go out to them. Yeah, they live streamed the uh, the chapel service on, on Wednesday uh, over the internet, and uh, you could watch the uh, the service for Dr. Draper. Uh, uh, great attendance for that, and our prayers go out yeah. to the Draper family. Also, some uh, some sad news. Not really, we don't have a link for this one, but uh, a Baptist blogger and friend to many uh, of us, yes. uh, Art, Rogers Art Rogers, passed away uh, this week as well after a battle with cancer. Uh, I know many of our friends are were good friends of arts, and uh, we are praying for the Rogers family. And uh, Amy, I, I, I know you probably knew Art from back in the day, some of the, the blogging escapades of the last decade or so. Yeah, and I, I've never actually met him, uh, but certainly read a lot that he that he wrote. And as you said, lots of mutual friends. Um, so uh, he made a, a tremendous impact if you look back about you know, 10, 11 years ago. Um, it's, it's not necessarily a a name that we heard in the last few years, but about 10, 11 years ago, there were, 
many people who made a huge impact um, in the Southern Baptist Convention and art was one of them. So uh, we definitely um, we definitely are thinking of his family this week as well. Yep. And uh, like we said, kind of a light news week this week. So that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. We're going to go to um, 1952. And this was just kind of an interesting story that uh, that, that I saw. So um, it was about a minister of music and education at McGill Street Baptist Church in Concord, North Carolina. So in my home state. Right down there um, by the Speedway. Yeah, yeah. And so he had sort of a unique thing. He was granted a um, 4D draft status. So what that meant was um, it was an equal draft status. It was a, a very specific classification, sort of a deferment level that was for um, ministers um, and and for people who were studying for the ministry. But there had never been anything um never been anything done up until that point to uh, to take vocational lay religious workers. Um, and so if people wanted that classification to be able to defer um, selective service. Now, remember, this is 1952. Yeah, so yes, yeah, so this is kind of an important time. And uh, the the headline, you know, says music education director gets 4D draft status. And the first sentence is President Truman has opened the way for an equal draft status of Southern Baptist ministers and ministers of music and education. Um, so it, it was petition had been sent asking for um, same classification to our students in college, seminaries, training schools, those who are preparing for full time lay religious work. Um, and properly certified by their denomination. So this was just an interesting kind of expansion of uh, of that to to give those deferment opportunities for the people who were going to be serving our churches. Uh, now, in that same issue, uh, it talked about a, a Southern Baptist Navy chaplain who was wounded in action. Not serious, but still uh, Robert Willits. Uh, so definitely, it, when you look at this issue, it's from June 26, 1952. Um, the Korean War was very much on the minds of Southern Baptists as they thought through their people who were on the field, as they thought through their people who were at home and dealing with the draft. Um, and I just, I, you know, I found it interesting. These are, you know, we have, we have a lot of issues, you know, certainly we were thinking the other day about how we've actually been at war the whole life of my children. Um, and so this is something we're kind of almost accustomed to as we see the headlines now, but at that time they were dealing with some pretty serious stuff, particularly with the draft. Um, so I just thought it was interesting to see how it was affecting Baptists back then. Um, and it certainly was this week in SBC history. All right. Well, yeah, the, you mentioned that uh, how your kids and my kids, uh, they've all, you know, been born and lived in a in a war time, so to speak. Um, yeah. But th the fact that we really don't have a concept of the draft, uh, you and I don't. Uh, right. I know that those born 10, 15 years before we were uh, may have some concept of that, but uh, being, you know, late 70s, early 80s born for us, the draft never really has, you know, we've registered for selective service, I have at least. Um, and, but you know, I'm, I'm past that now. So the draft yeah. really hasn't ever really been a, a, a factor in my life or uh, my 
generation's life. So uh, yeah. that's just a, a different mindset, different time. And, you know, something that was obviously pressing this week in SBC history. Right. And it's interesting when you look at this story, because it's saying that, you know, this was the first one that was granted to a lay religious worker. But it was the first one since the SBC uh, that had met in Miami, Florida, had voted to petition the Selective Service headquarters to give the same deferment classification. So the SBC had actually petitioned the draft board for this. And so then this person, um, Roy Holder, was the first one under that uh, petition. And it, and it, you know, it was granted. So it's very interesting. This was something that was really, uh, really important to the convention as a whole, something that was very much on their minds. All right. Well, thanks for that, Amy. Uh, always neat to find something in uh, the history of the SBC. Uh, and speaking of the history of the SBC, uh, recent history, I guess, uh, two weeks ago, we were in Phoenix. And I've got some leftover banners that I was provided by yes. the executive committee. They gave those to me this week. I've got three of them in the trunk of my car right now uh, that we're going to give away. We're going to give away two of them. We're going to keep one of them for the uh, the pod here. But uh, we'll, we'll give away two of those. So I, I need a way to give away two of those, Amy. I, I need suggestions. Since it's it's SBC banners, and so we just got back. I mean, the SBC was just a couple of weeks ago. So yep. people still have all their pictures. So... Um, why don't we have people send in pictures? Yeah, send, send us your uh, best their... pictures, and we'll pick the best two. Yeah. I'll pick one, and, and Amy will pick one. And yeah, it doesn't have to be then... of, like, Amy on stage, because I have those oh, pictures. No, it doesn't. That's ridiculous. And I want to just point that out. You're the one that said that, not me. Yeah. Anyway, um, but just any interesting pictures from Phoenix or from the SBC annual meeting, um, throw them out there. And then we'll give away uh, a couple of banners. Yeah. So the best two pictures come in. So maybe maybe you got a selfie with somebody and it's just random person. Or maybe it's just a really or maybe cool it's just a really neat picture of Phoenix. Ballots in the air or or people. Maybe you hiked the Grand Canyon. Stuff, uh, Amy had I Amy by far I think you had the best picture I've seen yet from Arizona, uh, the one in yeah. Antelope Canyon or Antelope Pass, whatever uh, it was. Yeah, yeah. That right there, that's the best picture I've seen. So if they can top that. They deserve a banner. Well, it's not really an SEC annual meeting picture. Well, so. close enough. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. I'll, I'll allow post SBC annual meeting plus vacation pictures. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Check out yes. my, um, yeah, it's on my Instagram. Yeah. So Follow was, Amy on Instagram at Amy Whitfield. Yeah. So yep. check that out. All right. That's going to move us on to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Um, mine's one that's been around a little bit, but it's gotten bigger. And so I want to put it put it out there. It's the uh, W.A. Criswell sermon website. Um, it's uh, wacriswell.com and they have now put 4,000, more Ooh. than 4,000 sermons on there. It's got about a thousand, thousand of sermons. them. Yeah, yep, streaming thousand video. sermons on video, 4,150 on audio, wow. all of which have written transcripts. Um, this is a pretty fantastic site and I have to tell you they did a lot of work to update the site recently and it's phenomenal. Um, I've talked to some of the folks that are working with it, uh, have heard a lot about their vision and goals for it. What they really, uh, you know, are, are wanting to do is um, it's been 15 years since uh, Dr. Chris will died. And so they so we know there's a whole generation coming up that did not uh, hear him in person. And so this is a way uh, to really be exposed to uh, the expository preaching 
of W.A. Criswell, pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. Um, so this is this is a really incredible resource, um, and I highly recommend it. Yeah, they even so, have yep. translations in Indonesian, Spanish, Chinese, and German. Yep, so. really incredible. Whew. Wow. All right. Well, my resource of the week is also a sermon library, and it's from Charles Spurgeon. They just launched Spurgeon.org over at Midwestern Theological Seminary, and it has all the information about Charles Spurgeon and their library. Um, so it features a blog, it features a bookstore, information about Midwestern, as well as the uh, the Spurgeon Center, uh, which is the big library there, and a huge digital library, and the complete sermons. So, I mean, just like the Chriswell uh, website, this is the same kind of thing for Charles Haddon Spurgeon. So check that out as well. There's just so much information uh, that our institutions are making available online. Uh, Chriswell, Midwestern, I know that uh, Southwestern and Southern and Southeastern, they all have uh, these vast databases of information online available to us at uh, at our fingertips. Yeah, pretty incredible. All right. Well, thanks again to our sponsors at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Boys College. Check out their site, equip.sbts.edu, uh, for a bunch of practical ministry tips and tools and articles and a lot of other things available and get that free ebook over there as well from them. Amy, the Little Whitfield's favorite holiday of the year is upon us. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say that right now. I usually get an eye roll every yep. year on this well, holiday, they're but appreciate they do it. enjoy it. It's a fun day. They they don't realize how popular this tradition is in the SBC. Right. Right. Well, it's, it's um, quite famous. Yeah. It's, so so it's, for for the it's, listeners who may have joined us and don't know what goes on at the Whitfield House on July 4th? Please explain. So we do a lot of the traditional things. We we grill out. We've we've celebrated in a lot of different places. Sometimes we're traveling. Sometimes we're at home. This year we'll be at home. Always watch um, Capital Fourth. That's one of my favorite things on PBS uh, to do. I think we'll do some fireworks. But at some point during the day or evening, um, I basically make them all give me 10 minutes of their time. Um, usually it takes about eight and, uh, they have to sit while I read the declaration of independence. Yes. Because it's important to know why we're, what we're celebrating. It's important to know and understand why those men did what they did and what the difference it makes for us. Um, now and so they sit there and it, it they kind of do the you know they're 13 and 11 and so it gets sort of the eye roll and come on mom and Keith tells them sit down let your mother do this Keith knows he does and so then especially when it gets to the point where it's going through all the things you know all of the sort of tyrannical things that we've been subjected to uh, by the king you just start down this list I think that's the point where you know, they start to get a little bit tired of it, but I just keep going. I do kind of a dramatic reading. I um, bet you do. It's one of those things that I just fully expect them to tell their children about one day. And they probably won't do it because I, you know, tortured them with it, but they will laugh about it. And um, I I love it. Yep. There, uh, yeah. I did send a recording of it to Lizette Beard. Yeah, so you say, I think um, we have audio of that somewhere online. Yeah, she to track that down every now and then. Yeah. But I'll have to remind yes, her of that. But it's but it's very important. I think all people should read the Declaration of Independence on July fourth, personally. Um, but 
so my favorite things are to do that and to watch um, the Capital Force on PBS. It, it all hinges on um, a good host. I think Barry Bostwick's a very good one, but we'll see. Tom Bergeron's pretty good, but it looks like this year John Stamos is hosting. There you go. And and the Have Beach mercy. Boys. Yeah. Oh, nicely done. And the Beach Boys are performing, which that's oh, perfect. Oh, there you John go. Stamos is plays, yeah, he, and he plays with them, so yeah, he'll get to play. Yes. So I think that it, it should be a good year. I like the concert, and I like watching the fireworks. It's really great. All right. Well, I, I may have to check that out. I'm not sure what our plans are. I think we're not going to fireworks this year. Uh, the littles mm-hmm. just don't do well that late at night, and yeah, and they don't do well with loud noises either. So uh, right. they're not they're not big on the fireworks. So I think we may be hanging at the house. So I may flip that on and check it out, and we can watch fireworks on TV. One year we were actually in DC at a hotel a block away from the mall, but the kids were so little they were like two and three that we decided we they couldn't handle it, and we went back to the hotel and watched it on PBS, and we could hear them. Like we could actually hear them because we were a this block like 3D away. 3D TV. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool. But I, ne- I never regretted it because they were sound asleep. Oh, so there you go. That was great. Well, we'll have to find out what else happens in the SBC next week. I hope you and the uh, the kids and Keith have a great Fourth of July. Hopefully, we will you as, as well. well. And the I uh, hope our listeners do uh, have a safe and happy Fourth of July. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. 